Yeah, go for it. I'm recording. <laughs> okay, cool. Number 99, Wayne Gretzky has the puck. He's skating up and down the ice. Deekster, two demon. Flick move. Shoots. Shoots high. Goes glove pass. Scores! Welcome to Flashback 64. That was probably the most uh, energetic. Oh, fuck. The net's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good enough. That's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> it was Oops. really it was the uh, emotion that got it all across. <laughs> Welcome everyone back to Flashback 64, the chronological Nintendo 64 podcast. I'm Gooey, joined as always by McKenna. Hey McKenna. Hello. And we are joined again by our pal Connor. What's up, Connor? Happy to be here. And joined for the very first time, we have our good friend. My virtual theater buddy uh, from Zelda Dungeon, from Omega Metroid, the Zelda cast, we have Andy Spiteri. Hey, what's up, Goo? What's up, gang? Our past few episodes, we every guest we've had was born in 1995. <laughs> oh, God. And Kill so... <laughs> Spoiler, I am not born in 1995. <laughs> Yes, it's good to have someone uh, just slightly older. Not much older. Yeah. You're not old, though. But I, I feel I feel pretty old. But you lived I'm, through. I, yeah, you've lived through some of this. Yeah. yeah. What are I think you, to really get a good perspective? You're gonna need to get people from all decades. So I'm really yeah. waiting for the episode that you have an 83 year old on. <laughs> to have, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> for gags. The I'll have parents on. Yeah, I'll yeah. have my uh my friend whose house I played Gex at. I'll get his dad on. There you go. <laughs> Track Heck him yeah. down. That'd be a great show. What is this lizard? <laughs> I mean, Andy, what what do you remember of uh 1996? Um, <laughs> what do I remember in 1996? <laughs> Let's see. I would have been in grade. Four, mm. uh, I think grade four. Um, I, uh, I, this is kind of a downer. I'm sorry to even bring up my. I remember my my grandparents died in 1996. Oh, uh, so so I'm sorry to bum everybody out, but that that was a thing. And and honestly, like not to sound like a homer or anything here, but like I remember the N64 man. That was big time, big news, like big business. Uh, so yeah. I definitely remember that, and I remember. As I'll, I'll talk about a little bit later, we took a cruise. My family and I took a cruise to Alaska, which uh, I, have, I have a story about the very game we're covering today. You said you said Nintendo sixty four was was big for you though. What do you remember of of that console? How, where did it come into your life? Um, so i I didn't get a, a, an N sixty four for myself until uh, nineteen ninety seven. And and I think I want to say it was a Christmas gift. I'm I'm pretty sure it was Christmas 1997. So I was a little bit late to the whole N64 bandwagon. And mm -hmm. and my first like the first game that I owned was Diddy Kong Racing. And it's like one of my favorite games, like to this day, like I love that game so much. And I played a lot. My buddy, Kevin Lane, who lived a couple blocks down, he had Diddy Kong Racing, too. So I remember playing a lot of that at his place and like a lot of Mario Kart 64 um, and I guess like at, at this point, I think Goldeneye was out too, which was, I mean, like 
the thing to do as i'm sure you and your friends probably did like you know like mm. get into uh get into aztec get us some proximity mines no odd job like that that was like a pretty big <laughs> thing so uh that was that was my kind of n64 like introduction like i i was still i was still playing a lot of super nintendo back when when i was a kid uh in and around that time as well because like i mean like i didn't have very many super nintendo games growing up certainly not like the ones that we talk about today so uh yeah it was a lot of like there's a lot of golden eyes a lot of uh diddy kong and it was a lot of mario kart in in 96 97 super nintendo is still going strong and we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that a little bit but we've also gone gone through um you know some nintendo powers from the time and stuff and they're still big on uh super nintendo so well, but they're also at this time encouraging you to get in or get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was very important at the time, yeah. I, I remember oh. playing like a lot of like Donkey Kong Country Three and like Super Mario RPG in, in that year. I, like I think in Yes. I think Mario RPG came out in ninety six too, which was like Yep. I loved that game. That game was so awesome. It would have been if it was out in like almost any other year before that, it probably would have been like a game of the year. But I mean, like you kind of when you go up against Mario sixty four, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I played a lot of that uh, in in ninety six too. That was a a wicked title. Yeah, so they're still putting out uh, you know some powerhouse games there at the end. So I, it's okay that you brought it down a little bit um, because before we do our. Um, our flashback segment I actually have a bit of a 1996 news item that's uh it's contemporary that we could get into. So I don't think I mentioned this in the first episode, but in early 1996, the Unabomber was captured oh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. just this uh, past week, the Unabomber was found dead in his jail cell, I guess. Uh, I bet um, he was pissed off when the Nintendo 64 was released. <laughs> yeah. The first 64-bit console, I mean, that's a lot of technology. Graphics have come too far. Does, the, does that guy have, like, a Netflix show? I, I can't remember. Uh, I was looking at it. He had, I think he had a, I think there was a documentary, but I saw there was actually a, like, an HBO miniseries oh, okay. where he was played by Paul Bettany. That sounds good. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's called. I Man wanted Hut. to say I. I think I might have watched that. I remember watching something, but I couldn't remember if it was him or if it was like Ted Bundy or something. And I, I got them mm. confused. He had like a little cabin in the woods or something, right? He didn't live by anybody. Yeah, he, Am I he had of the a right cabin. Mm-hmm. They okay. got his cabin. You know, I think CD-based gaming and its consequences have been a disaster for the <laughs> video games industry. <laughs> Do you work on your own manifesto? Yeah. <laughs> You're just we need to uh, return to cartridge. <laughs> I think it's what the Unabomber would have wanted. Well, probably not. But. He's probably, he's probably I mean, reading all the bears and the deer is his manifest. Curse these, curse these CDs. Yeah, I wonder what he thought about blast processing. We get into our, to our actual flashback segment, but first I did want to bring up again all the nice um, reviews that we've gotten. And... I thought, if you guys don't mind, I'd like to maybe share one. We can start sharing some each episode. So, uh, our first review we ever got, our first five-star review, and people, please go leave some more. Uh, We've gotten a lot of great ones, but it's from our pal Corey, actually, who said, The best N64 podcast on the internet, bar none, a must-listen, 
five thumbs way up, almost as revolutionary as the council itself. Wow. Strong words. What a suck up, Corey. That's impressive. Yeah, I don't know where you got that extra (laughs) thumb. That might be a a Unabomber related thing. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into it. Let's, uh, Let's flash back to November 11th through the 25th. 1996 the Macarena Bayside Boys Mix is finally unseated from the from the top spot of the Billboard Hot 100 by No Diggity by Black yes. Street which <laughs> reigns as number 1 for all of November so that's finally a new king has been crowned time nice um a lot of songs that we've had in the previous week are still holding strong, but also entering into the top five, we have the song Mouth by Merrill Bain- Bainbridge, Nobody by Keith Sweat and Athena Cage, and Unbreak My Heart by Tony Braxton. I've any of these songs, some of these songs I had to like go back and listen to. Obviously, I remember Unbreak My Heart. That's a, yeah. that's a classic, but... Like yeah, Tony, Tony Braxton was the only name I even recognized <laughs> after Blackstreet. I was like, who? What? Are these that like country like, artists or something? That was like on my uh, work approved playlist when I worked at Insomnia Cookies. So I heard it like every night for a few years. <laughs> I still hear it at, uh, at work today. It's uh yeah. It's actually one that I look I look forward to, you know, even those work songs you just hate hearing, but I love that yeah. song. Uh so <laughs> for the top albums, we have we have some interesting ones cuz they are uh the best of Van Halen volume 1 and Anthology yeah. 3 by the Beatles. So old, old songs and then uh but then we had The Don Caluminati, The Seven Day Theory by Machiavelli, a.k.a. Tupac. Uh, I think this was then, because he, in September, he was killed, so this is like his first, like, posthumous release. Mm. So, we gave that a listen. That was that was pretty cool. I haven't listened to a lot of actual, like, Tupac in my life, so... I, yeah, I have cool. to admit, I'm, I'm not... I'm not, like, a giant Tupac fan, which, which is, like... I don't know. I, I really like... Biggie Smalls, and and it's not because I like pick a side. I just I don't know his, his stuff. Like the only songs of his I really dig have like like Dr. Dre or something in it. That's like mm-hmm. another entity that makes it cool. You know, he's okay. Oh, he's okay. I think he's the man. He's awesome. Yeah. I think most people do. To be fair, I think there's just something wrong with me, and probably a lot actually. No, I'm with you. I I actually it was growing up. I never. I mean, both of them actually are kind of strange because like them i like don't really remember Mm. these like them being as popular i i feel like i got more into like some of the rap that came after them basically yeah Uh, me too because i was real little when they were like at the at the pinnacle you know but uh, i i did end up gravitating more towards biggie i guess when i heard him but i i like the idea of like taking an extreme side now you know how that was such a. <laughs> if, if I was taking an extreme side, I'm sorry, it would be Biggie every yeah. day, all day. I mean, I guess uh, as evidenced by their lyrics, he was more of the gamer between the two. So that's yeah. true. He had Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, and, Sega, and Sega Sega Genesis. Nintendo. So the highest-grossing films of the time were Ransom, uh, which we just watched. 
Um, you might find this interesting, actually. It's a it's a Ron Howard movie. Came out the year after Apollo 13, and stars Mel Gibson. And uh, we were we had to, we couldn't find it online anywhere. Actually, I had to get it through other means. But it was it was an interesting movie. Um, and then also we had Space Jam and mm. Star Trek First Contact. So this is a big this is a big time period for me. <laughs> yeah. Space Jam was like my favorite movie at, at oh. this time, at this very moment in time that I, we're I'm talking about. I'm surprised that Space Jam album wasn't wasn't up there on the chart. I had that album with like the monster song and stuff like that and and I believe I can fly. That was a that mm-hmm. was a sick album actually. Yeah, yeah I'm expecting it had, it had the Eagles on it. Yeah. Well, it was it was well, Seal. It was, it was. I thought it was R. Kelly. Was it Seal? The Seal covered "Fly Like an Eagle." R. Kelly oh. did. Oh, uh, I believe I could fly. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. But I do. I actually like the Seal version more. Well, I for mean, what it's worth, it's Seal. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see. Other notable releases of video games at this time were uh, Sonic 3D Blast. Uh, as we discussed earlier, Donkey Kong Country 3. We also had Tomb Raider and Bubsy 3D. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's I good stuff. I only bring up Bubsy because it's like we just had <laughs> Super Mario 64, which is like an all-time, you know, <laughs> genre-defining game. And then a few weeks or a month later, two months later, we get it, Bubsy 3D. It was 3D. surpassed by <laughs> Bubsy. <laughs> <laughs> this is also around Thanksgiving. Uh, the big the big Black Friday gift was the Tickle Me Elmo. That was the the hottest-selling toy. You remember, you remember that? People were getting mowed down in storage for that. Thing. I, I feel like that's <laughs> yes. the first like like big gift that I remember in my lifetime where people were like going nuts over it. Yeah, I yeah, like. I, I think I had one maybe too. I don't know. Wow, that might have been. Maybe that was for my younger brother. I don't know. How old is too old to be playing with Tickle Me Elmo? Never. You have one now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ever, uh, you're never too old to give Elmo a little tickle. Just ask them in Fredericton, where 48 of the bug-eyed beasts were put on sale at a local Walmart. And one of the clerks was sent to hospital after being trampled in the frenzy. Somebody in the crowd yelled, there's the Elmos, and they rushed us. So we didn't talk about this either. This was more of a, I think this kind of died down a little bit in this time period of when we started talking about it. But in the previous kind of year leading up to this, and then a little bit after was actually the height too of the the OJ Simpson trial and mm. actually at this period was uh we were watching something where they they had just found like like a like his shoe or something like that uh at the at the you know they as a piece of evidence and he I guess he took the stand as a hostile witness um so this this was kind of a you know this was an ongoing news thing that kind of came back a little bit and i think there's going to be more um you know more of his trial in 1997 i believe too so that was kind of uh, actually i saw a thing today where someone was asking like what's the first kind of major news event you remember like breaking news event and i don't remember like specific things but this is one of one thing i do really remember as a kid of like going on but i i kind of wasn't really I was very confused about what was actually happening, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, I mostly yeah. recall that the glove didn't fit, and so they had to acquit. <laughs> yeah, but then they the shoe. That, what, what about the melted ice cream? I mean, I could go on all day. <laughs> I don't remember the ice cream. I, I feel yeah. like I kind of have like a, a different perspective of that because like I, I obviously I'm from Canada. So like and and it was it was a thing here, no doubt. But it wasn't mm. I don't think as like big of a deal here. So I never really like or, I never really followed it or maybe it just I wasn't paying attention. But I, that was a story that I was just kind of like not not really super familiar of until like years later when I was like, all right, what's up with this OJ thing? Everyone was too busy uh, reading Wayne Gretzky's career stats on Wayne Gretzky 3D hockey. That was the big news of the time in Canada. Dude, no the, biggest, for, the biggest no thing in that... OJ Simpson's 3D football, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that game got canceled. I, honestly, the biggest thing that like uh, made me think of or like got me to wonder what this OJ trial was was like that Roddy Piper match at WrestleMania with Cold Dust, where they were doing like the car right. chase or whatever. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yes, that was inspired by. Yeah, because yeah. that's that's another thing of like I don't the, remember the Bronco all... chase. Hey, who says wrestling doesn't make people more culturally literate? Cold Dust is just trying to get out of there. Look out! He's running over him. He's gonna hit him. He just hit him. He just hit Roddy Piper. This is totally out of hand. Roddy Piper was hit by a car. That was like in ninety. 90- Five at WrestleMania, right, or something? Because that's the yeah, thing no, about no, that what? is, I think it was in '96, actually. Now that, okay. now that we're talking about it, because the Bronco chase that happened, I think, in 1994, like late 1994. So it's it's one of those things where I think that is partially why I didn't fully understand it at the time, because I was like still like coming together as a human being, and like my brain was still forming, like, <laughs> and so it just be it was a similar thing as well as like the like the Tupac and Biggie was a big news story where like, yeah, I, I was like, my reality was still being shaped around me, <laughs> you know, it all kind of blurs together. I mean, what OJ Simpson went to trial for killing Tupac or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you mentioned wrestling, so I can bring it up again. Uh, the biggest, the biggest thing that came out of wrestling, I was still watching at the, at I was going back and watching it this time was actually Rocky Maivia made his debut at SummerSlam. Wow, and, uh, you're right. Right around this time, so still looking like a fresh face, uh, baby face, you know. The, the old blue chipper. Yeah, exactly. Um, he was the lone survivor in the Survivor Series match, so we're getting a big push for Rocky. Why don't we get into it? Why don't we talk about... Why don't McKenna, why don't you tell us about Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey. Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey was the first sports title and the first four-player game released for the Nintendo 64. You can play a single game, go through a whole season, or go straight to the playoffs, shoot or pass on offense, and steal or check on defense. But if things get too aggressive, you may find yourself in a fight with another player. Arcade mode allows for fast-paced action with three-on-three teams and no rules, no penalties, while simulation mode allows for a more realistic hockey experience. You can select from 26 NHL teams with players rated based on speed, shooting, strength, and defensive abilities. We were debating, McKenna was debating on whether to say it's the first sports title for N64 because Wave Race 64 uh, obviously covers oh, a very yeah. iconic and beloved uh, sport of jet ski racing. 
I think I think yeah. people do that the, for real. The thing that got yeah. me, I you know, it says it in the Nintendo Power, like it says, "Oh, this is the first sports title," and I was like, "We can't what argue about with them." Wave Race, like, do you not consider that a sports title? It's like, where's uh, the line? Maybe it's a racing title. Where's I, I don't the know. line <laughs> drawn between sports I... and racing? Like, I wouldn't consider Mario Kart a sports title but we were, no. we were talking like we would consider a nascar game a sports title i think it's ah. like it's like a, it's it's kind of more of a sports simulation game rather than although it's really not totally yeah but, well you yeah, gotta play in simulation so. mode yeah. to, they're getting closer to mechanics that are attempting to like best <laughs> simulate the sport rather than arcadey fun although there's still certainly an element of that in this game like the whole idea with all the stats and stuff like it, you you can play as real players in a league so i I, I kind of understand the perspective. Hey, there's stats in Wave Race. <laughs> if, like, if their like definition of sports is like there's a sort league of. for it, then yes, this is the first sports title. But I, I don't know, yeah. man. I feel like I feel like racing on a jet ski. You're doing laps. There's heats. Seems kind of sportsish to me. It's pretty sportsy to me. Yeah. Well, same you know, same thing with uh, Mortal Kombat uh, and Killer Instinct. You know, that's the sport of uh, martial arts. <laughs> True martial arts. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh, flying planes? Is that not a sport? <laughs> uh, that's a hobby. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Andy, we brought great. you on. You're gonna. You're our. Um, you're a hockey expert. Uh, well, Is that fair to say? <laughs> um, I I know maybe more than the average Joe about hockey. I wouldn't say I'm an expert. In fact, in fact, yesterday I tweeted out my displeasure with our new, the Cal- so I'm from Calgary. We have a NHL team called the Calgary flames. And I tweeted out my displeasure with our new head coach. And uh, I was like, I said something along the lines of like this guy, that's our new head coach ran our power play last year and our power play stinks. And I, I was wrong. I was, he ran our, pe- our penalty kill. And oh uh, our gosh. penalty kill was awesome. And this big flames account replied to me. It was like, no, dude, you're wrong. And then and and I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. And then a bunch of geeks came on and they were like, dude, dude like do some research before you tweet, bro. Like, come on. And so this is I, I was my yeah. confidence was, was actually shattered a little bit. I, I deleted a tweet, which I never almost do. So I, I'm, I'm a little bit. Uh, I, respect I, and your I, and integrity. I knew I was coming on to, to talk hockey today and be positioned as as kind of an authority and i and i have to admit i i felt a little rattled after that after that uh transaction yesterday this is your chance to make up for it this is the redemption I, right I'm, here. I'm hoping i'm hoping that i can sound really clever about hockey <laughs> 3d hockey specifically so yeah let's do it you're a you're a lifelong fan i wouldn't say i'm a lifelong I, you know what this is probably around the time when i kind of started becoming more of a fan and and I think that's the the case because um, the Calgary Flames they won the Stanley Cup when I was born, and after that oh. they they stunk for like a decade. And so this is right <laughs> this is right in the middle of of the muck in in the Calgary Flames. So like they were just a terrible team. I was going through the roster on uh, on Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey and it's it's hilarious to see who's on the Calgary Flames. It's actually hilarious to see who's everywhere, but yeah, this is this is kind of around the time when I started paying more attention to to hockey because, you know, obviously my dad's a big hockey fan, my a lot of my family are big hockey fans, my my brother played hockey, so I was like, okay, I'm I'm going to watch this sport. 
That's cool. Were yeah. you were you playing like in terms of like uh, I know there's other I think there's other like more bigger hockey games. Am I not wrong? Are you yeah, more, are I, you familiar with like the genre? I guess. Yeah, I I had um like like NHL like EA Sports NHL was a thing at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I would play that. Although I never played NHL. 94 which was supposed to be the best one i and like I super had, nintendo uh, right i don't I want to say it's on like the the genesis i don't even know if it was on super nintendo maybe it was i don't know but mm. um but so i never really played that game and i and i mostly played yeah i mostly played ea sports from uh you know basically i was like one of my first hockey games like even even wayne gretzky i kind of i always kind of viewed it as more of like an arcade style game rather than like a more I guess tra- traditional. Uh, what did you uh, like a sim almost? Yeah, no. I guess I, I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, no. That's actually a stupid thing to say. It's three v three. It's like, I, but I think the licensed teams is what makes all the difference here. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't think you're wrong. Like, it is. You know, it's more. It's more of like a simulation in its own way. Um. Then. Then it, it was it, like I almost thought of it as like the NFL blitz of of hockey games. You know, and like that was yeah. a great game. Uh, a lot more fun, I thought, than like the Madden games or whatever. But yeah, this is uh, I, I was pretty familiar with with different hockey games, although I will say eventually my computer was so bad at my house when I was a kid that I couldn't play the games anymore. So I just like simmed them all and I was like GM. So I had like my own GM mode. So <laughs> that's take that for what you will. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I would always like create myself and like I was a star forward and one like the MVP every year. And I was like, yeah, you did it again. Great. <laughs> was it, it was literally you. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I created myself. I created my dad. I created my brother. We were all there. Oh, I, that's I sweet. The, MVP. <laughs> the family team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is a lot more like you mentioned uh blitz or, um, uh, McKenna and I went down, we were down at the arcade and we got to actually play this. And, uh, it was we also played a little bit NBA Jam and it's certainly a lot more in line with, you know, those sort of titles. I mean, I actually feel like not identical, but like very familiar to each other. They had like the same controls, same same <laughs> yeah. buttons, you know, same buttons to pass and shoot. Pass and shoot, yeah. Move. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we played some down at the arcade, but um uh well well, Connor, you and I got to play a handful of this together too. Had, had you ever played this game before? Um, no, I had not played this game before. You know, I've played, uh, you know, I played like NHL games and whatnot, and uh, especially with uh, games prior to this, I played quite a few on the Sega Genesis. But this one was different. You know, this was hockey in three D. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, it really changed <laughs> the game. Yeah. Uh, I know what the first thing I noticed about that is uh, the puck being uh, like a gold flashing light. Yeah, yeah that really helped me because, you know, other, the 3D, it was so otherwise it was so overwhelming how three dimensional it was. that I couldn't hey. see what was going on, you know. Let me yeah. let me tell you guys a story about America. And uh, I don't know if it's it's around this time, but I can't tell you exactly what it was. But uh Hockey, obviously, has always been bigger in Canada than it has been in the States. You guys have basketball, MLB, and especially NFL ahead of it. And so in order to uh, to attract more viewers to to the NHL, 
the NHL did a, uh, let's call it like a focus group research asking Americans, why don't you like to watch hockey? And one of the reasons that they got was that a lot of Americans found the puck hard to follow on the ice. So I, I want to say it's either this year or next year, but like very soon we're coming into the era where I want to say it was like Fox or something like that. Whoever had the rights to, to NHL games in America at the time, they added this blue streak that would follow the puck behind <laughs> behind it everywhere. And and it was in replay so that you could see where the puck was going. And like sometimes they'd like special effect it into the TV as well. Whoa. I wish I could remember what it was called, but it was like the most gimmicky, crappiest looking thing that you've ever seen in your life and had, I'm sure, the complete opposite effect of attracting viewers because you'd look at it and just be like, what is this nonsense, this silliness? So I, I always that's one of my first hockey memories, actually, is that stupid blue trailing star thing. It yeah. sounds kind of sweet. I yes, mean, I, the- I'm sure I'd like it now, but I, <laughs> I know my dad hated it. He used to always complain about it. They still uh, do that for some sports now. Like uh, they do that. Like if you watch football, they're like drawing crap all over the screen. And the visuals in this game were kind of evocative of those replays where they're like, <laughs> Just like their CGI beams <laughs> flying all over the place. They should uh, show all replays with N64 graphics. Oh, yeah. I think that, w- <laughs> I would, that would be something. I would be closer Sorry. to achieving my dream of living in a 64-bit polygonal world. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, if, if hockey was like this, I would be, I'd be into it all the time. Yeah, well, it's, hey, it's, I mean... It's they're, not still, that I, they're still not attracting that many viewers in the States now. So, I mean, they should they should look into this, perhaps. I think a lot of sports are struggling right now, too, though. You know, you're, there's all these like baseball rule changes recently. Yeah, they just can't compete with gaming. Gaming is really <laughs> like the the pinnacle of sports. This is I feel like. choice for Americans. <clears throat> well, you look know? at this game. Yeah, it beats the pants off of real hockey. Yeah, I, I, I think <laughs> I think that's like kind of legit, to be honest. Like I. I don't think that's like far off the mark. Well, to be to be totally honest, like I actually I mean, I don't I don't dislike um, hockey or anything, but I just I don't watch a lot of sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only been playing this game a little bit, but actually <laughs> I love this game. I'm so into this game now. Yeah. Uh, I was just playing. I just the other night. I mean, uh, we were just hanging out and I was playing. Tears of the Kingdom still, and I was like, okay, I need to take a break, and I just loaded up my season that I have going on this game and just played a game, and it was, I'm like, I'm addicted to it a little bit now, and when we were at the arcade, it was like one of the best games we played when we were there. What season mode are you doing? I think I didn't know what I was picking at first, and I picked just like the arcade season mode, but basically you just play against every team, so... Mm -hmm. I've won I, I every time so far. I kind of wanted to restart because I didn't. I kind of just was like testing it out one night, and I I said I think I asked Nico like, what um, I was like, oh, what team should I pick? And he was like, oh, you should pick uh, Anaheim or whatever the Ducks, you know. <laughs> oh, boo! And I was like, <laughs> okay, sure. I was like, I don't know, you know, I don't know anything about the teams other than I know who you like. Um, I know the Ducks from the Mighty Ducks, and I know Chicago. (laughs) This this is an interesting time, actually, because since this game came out, there is, let's see, 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think there's like seven teams that have been added to the league and a bunch of teams have moved around. And and this year in 96 was actually, I don't know if you saw it, but there was the, the Phoenix Coyotes are a team this year. And, oh, um, and I they didn't notice came, this at all. Yeah, well, I, there's no reason to notice it unless you know the story, which is like they had come from Winnipeg like that season. And this was hot off the heels of the Colorado Avalanche coming from Quebec City the year before. So like Canadian hockey fans still hate. If I were to say the name to you, Gary Bettman, do you know who that is? No, no. He's he's the commissioner of the NHL. And uh, I've actually stolen uh, a bunch of his like mannerisms when I'm trying to sound like like a doofus on on the podcast before. (laughs) Uh, Saying Canadian hockey fans hate this guy because he took like two teams and, and Calgary and Edmonton almost lost their teams as well in the late nineties. So like this was, this was the era when people were just like calling for this guy's head and like everyone hates him. But uh, yeah, if you, if you notice there's only like the six Canadian teams left in the NHL at this point, And it, it stayed that wow. way for like decades. They now just, we have Winnipeg back. So there you go. They got to get it all down back to America. Yeah. How is he going to appeal to Americans? I, I I mean, really, like, and there's this was um, not too far off as well from expansion <clears throat> into what you would call very untraditional hockey markets. So, like, the Florida Panthers are a pretty new team at this point. They've been in the league for three years. Tampa Bay Lightning are a pretty new team at this point. Uh, I think three years again, and they're getting into, like, Texas, and they're getting into, like, California, like the Mighty Ducks. So like they mm-hmm. they were expanding into these areas that you wouldn't necessarily think of as, you know, hockey hotbeds. But and some of them are now like uh, like Tampa Bay is a huge hockey place. Texas is um, uh, I mean, like California, L.A., uh, San Jose. All those are like big hockey towns now. So it's a very interesting time in the NHL and the hockey world. They definitely had they had a chance to to break through. I think the 90s is probably the most the most like in my life that I like conceived of caring about hockey. Cause there was, you know, all <laughs> those movies and stuff like that. Um, well, what about you guys? Like Connor, Connor, you, you like hockey. You watch much hockey. Uh, yeah. Hockey's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> McKenna, you play soccer, which is kind of like earth hockey. I think field hockey is like earth. hockey. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, yes, <laughs> I, I was a sports kid growing up, but, uh, mostly stuck to watching. I didn't even watch, uh, I mostly watched soccer. I didn't even watch that much of the other sport I played, which was basketball, mm. except for, I, I went to some games in person. I think going to basketball mm. games in person is a ton of fun. Uh, but I don't think I've ever really watched a, a real hockey game i've I've watched movie hockey games (laughs) there's um there's an episode of gilmore girls where they go to a hockey game (laughs) i don't think they show very much of it i think it's mostly like they're they're filming them sitting in the stands (laughs) i remember on friends they used to go to rangers games all the time wow um they played they played hockey on top of the quick stop in clerks (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and, and of course i remember the the hockey demons in uh dogma so that was that was another entry point for me was 
the films of Kevin Smith, also big in the 90s. Oh, man. (laughs) So I was like, oh, that one guy likes hockey. It must be cool. Yeah. I think I actually watched some hockey because of Kevin Smith, too, actually, at some point. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think I ever went as far as watching, but I I went as far (laughs) as to be like, yeah, like, that's a cool, that's a cool sport. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I, yeah, would, I, th- I would love to take you guys to a hockey game, man. It, it, it's a good it's a good time. I bet. It's a good it, it, it seems I fun. I go, I go to at least like a few every year and it's still like, <laughs> it's, it's a good time. It's that great scene in Chasing Amy where Ben Affleck has the fight. at the. Okay, we're not going to talk about <laughs> Kevin Smith films. But no, I think one of the only hockey, I think, I think I can name two hockey players and one of them is the namesake of this game who's as we mentioned uh his stats are like enshrined in this game i thought that was amazing where there's a whole that was was such a strange feature of this game but it's like kind of (laughs) cool it kind of brings me back to like the days of early dvds were like i don't think i think they had all this cartridge space and availability and they like almost didn't know what to do with it but it's kind of like a night like before the internet is as commonplace as it is today, this is kind of like a nice feature to have that you just have the entirety of Wayne Gretzky's career stats included in this game, but it's only Wayne Gretzky and you just, <laughs> it just seems like such a strange addition to this game, but it's welcome nonetheless. It, it's very cool. I'm like Wayne Gretzky's stats. Like when you look at them in the context of like the game, it's just like, Oh yeah, cool. This guy's a lot of points or whatever, but like, I would I would say that Wayne Gretzky's the best athlete in any sport, like the most dominant best athlete in any sport in my lifetime, like that I can think of. And, and frankly, he was doing this like before I was born, like his, his prime is in the 80s. But like this dude has like like over 2000 points for for like his career, which if you get a thousand points, that's like a major, major milestone, like major milestone. And he's got like. His stats are like unbelievable. Like I, he was so dominant. Like this, no wonder this game is named 3D Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey. This guy was unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know enough about sports in general to challenge your claim. So, but I'll as good you. as he is, it still just seems like such a strange feature. Like it's like I've been playing this game all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could, like, take a break and like you know have a snack or something oh i can keep the game going just scroll through some wayne gretzky stats <laughs> i you know what if it was called like 3d hockey i i may be like that that's a bit weird to see wayne's stats up there but i you know wayne, wayne gretzky's 3d hockey i i could see that well isn't that a big selling point too is that they yeah. like license not just him but the other players and all the teams and stuff too so it's definitely a bit of marketing you know what was the other player that you know because i i had a player in mind and i want to see if it's the one that you're thinking uh the other reason i know the other player i know is because i saw someone once do a ranking of all every mario game and they included in their ranking mario lemieux's Okay. something or other hockey (laughs) that's who i was thinking of but i thought you know it because the super mario so, so for context, <laughs> Mario Lemieux is probably like just behind Wayne Gretzky in terms of like how were they incredible they were the same team. They were like teammates. They, right? they weren't. They they were teammates oh. on Team Canada at one point, um, yeah. but they never. The Wayne Gretzky mostly played. Actually, Wayne Gretzky played in Edmonton, which really sucks because that's like you know uh, two hours away from Calgary. And Edmonton 
won a bunch of Stanley Cups, and Calgary only beat Wayne Gretzky once to win a Stanley Cup, mm. which which is too bad. But Mario yeah. Lemieux played in Pittsburgh his whole career, and he he actually had cancer, um, so he he didn't play a lot of games. But he, oh. I, I this is ballparking, but I think he has like sixteen hundred points in less than a thousand games, which is like unbelievable as well. So so Mario's he's he's pretty amazing. That's only a recent name I learned too. Like other than that, my hockey knowledge is, yeah, I can't, I couldn't yeah, tell yeah. You anybody. Um, but what you about this? Ho- you don't know any Hawks players? No, not even the, the. I was living. I think I was living in Chicago the year. When did they win? Yeah, they won the Stanley Cup. It was they won a few. They won in what twenty ten, twenty twelve. I think yeah. another. I think they won three. I was living in Chicago all these years, and I couldn't <laughs> tell you. Okay. I had some friends who were into it, but yeah. Yeah, they were huge at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're about to be huge again. This is a sidebar, but they're drafting a, a player this summer, and he's going to be, like, amazing. He's going to be, I like, am. the guy that you... that He's going to be, like, the next Sidney Crosby. Probably not that you guys know who that is, but... <laughs> Connor, do you know who Sidney Crosby is? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right, grow Hawks. Yeah, I'm going to get into him just so we can have a rivalry, maybe. And maybe yeah. Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey will in- ignite something within me. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but no, I legit, I'm I'm into this game. Like, uh, I I mean, I already really liked, uh, like, Blitz and, and NBA Jam I'm really into. So uh, it's just like, I think the fact that it is arcade and it's not like as simulation is what does it for me. It's like, um, there's only three buttons well on the n64 actually they had they assigned things to the different c buttons but on the arcade you just have three buttons and the way you like Mm -hmm. check would be you'd press like all the buttons at once or whatever um and there's just something about that simplicity that i can really you know wrap my head around and get really into the game uh, I recall yeah. you saying, like, where's the uh, button to start a fight a few times? <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I learned, I learned that. So if you, so as McKenna mentioned, I guess we must have had arcade mode. We never did simulation mode. So in arcade right. mode, you can check and trip people and there's no penalty, but a fight can break out if you do it too much. So it was always I, you who was fighting. It's pretty <laughs> sweet. <laughs> I usually have won, except when we played at the arcade. I didn't even get a hit in. I just got yeah. my my ass beat. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I just mash all the buttons. But I love <laughs> I love that aspect too. They're throwing bombs, which is it's not as like over. I think there is there are later ones that get as ridiculous as Blitz, but um, this wasn't that ridiculous. But I do like that the fights happen. That's something that doesn't really happen in Blitz, other than like you can keep tackling after the play mm. but i love in this that you just start throwing haymakers <laughs> dude th- this game turns into like uh, most hockey games turn into like mortal Kombat when you actually start fighting there's like uppercut moves you can block you can do like tons of cool stuff i remember like there is like a separate control list for like when you're fighting i wanted in like nhl 98 <laughs> or something like that it's like you could like throw up your you could give like a a roundhouse kick throwing or hadoukens yeah <laughs> so i was looking at the wikipedia page for this game today and there's just a little section where it says that originally fatalities were announced for the fights yes. in this game and they ended up scrapping that but i was just Boo. like i'm gonna kill you wayne gretzky <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
This ha- this is one of the last games that Atari made in house too. Ever really? Yeah, they you know I believe they're sold like a few years later. So that, that name like still gets kicked around too, but it does, it's, it's kind of meaningless. Exi- they right? still exist as a company, and they would publish games. I think after this, but. They were only around a few more years, and I think they only made like a handful of games after this. And you know, they were one of the first video game developers, so well, noteworthy. Another milestone. I f- I'm pretty sure we yeah. So this is the first game you can play four player on N64. Oh yeah, that's huge. And it's that's so the cool. big selling point of the N64. It's so cool how it works too, where you can play you can play you know one two four. And depending on which controller port you use, you could play against your friend. You could play, you know, um, we were playing co-op games against the computer. You could play two on two. We did a little bit of that, actually, back on uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day. Moss came over (laughs) and uh, our house and him played a good two on two game of it, too. And that was our first time playing it. And it's just I don't know. It's it's really fun to play also like co-op and against someone like Mm. basically any setting i feel like it it's fun to play and that's i think that's a big selling point for me to keep going back to it i I agree i I think you said it it's it's simple it's i I actually uh, i have a story that i want to 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 rope into this with how i found it so in in 1996 like late 1996 um pretty much when this game came out actually uh, my my family and I went on a cruise to Alaska, and it was like this like a really awesome cruise ship or whatever. And like we were there for like a week, and this was the first I, I didn't know it at the time, but it was the first N sixty four game I ever played. And although I played the arcade version, um, mm-hmm. but so I I was playing this with like there was a bunch of other kids on this cruise, and so like there's like a little kids room or whatever where they had like some arcade machines, like they played Little Rascals every single night. Um, <laughs> so we were we were playing like some Wayne Gretzky three D hockey, and it was like simple enough that like a bunch of uh like eight nine-year-olds could be like oh yeah cool like we were lighting the net on fire stuff like that so like i, I yeah I, I like as fun as like a uh more realistic sim is i whenever i play sports games which isn't very often i i like the ones that allow like a bit more like shenanigans like the nets on like man when when i got scored on the other day and my net lit on fire i was so chapped and i was like i gotta <laughs> i gotta get it back and uh like the brick wall flashing like th- there's the like so wall. many great things in this game there's the ambulance that goes by oh man that ambulance <laughs> still not as outrageous as you know like blitz or whatever but it's just yeah. got enough yeah just enough like quirkiness to it yeah, you you always then play probably as as uh the flames right i do i do <laughs> Kind of Sometimes rude. I play as the Ottawa Senators. They're another team that I grew up liking. Okay. Connor, who are we playing as? I like Who's the Canucks. It? Really? The Canucks? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And and then we were going, me and McKenna were, I will, I, I will just adapt to whoever, you know, whoever's team we're playing with. We were playing uh, Washington, D.C., yep. I'm sorry. Caps. The yeah, Caps. D.C., I think we rocked the blues as well. That was uh, the oh, blues yes. were huge when I was on St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, the St. Louis connection too. Yeah, we never. I don't think we ever did the Hawks, but uh, yeah, I'm like obvious. I said, I'm. Yeah, it's too obvious, right? 
I always have a hard time in some of these sports games with what team do I pick because I don't have any, you know, specific loyalty unless I can play as like someone cool. Like if I can uh, play as Dennis me Rodman. If, uh, yeah, it, it, like I was going to say that was me in like <laughs> basketball games like NBA Jam and stuff. I'm like, I don't know who has the coolest logo. So I ended up being like the Orlando Magic because I thought they had a cool logo. Cool logo, cool team name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we move on, anybody have any final thoughts on Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey they wanted to get in? Yeah, I did have a, a big issue with this game, and that oh. was the way it handled these save states. So I'm all about the leaderboards. Mm-hmm. I feel, what's the point of me playing this game if it's not to permanently enshrine my name somewhere deep <laughs> in the cartridge? It makes me feel like I'm working towards something. And I actually really liked the way it handled leaderboards at first. When we play two people on a team, it ranks us as a team and individually. There was a lot of uh, interesting yes. ways that it handled that sort of thing. But I could not believe that you can't save onto this game. That I've never seen a Nintendo 64 game that used this peripheral that you... I guess it's not really a peripheral, the the memory pack that you attach yes. to the controller. There, there were a number of games that used it, though. Um Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think a lot of the more uh, mainline Nintendo games tried to avoid that. But this they... is one of the big advantages that they had over the CD-ROM based games is that I can get it, I can nail it right onto the cartridge, bring it over to my buddy's house, and we can play in mm-hmm. the same save state. No, unfortunately, this is a controller pack one. But we did we did figure that out. So if we played again, you know, we only lost one game, I think, right? To, yeah, to I, gotta, I gotta bump my score up on that sucker. So that's like I'm starting to climb the leaderboard now on my cartridge because I do have a few wins under my belt. Uh, so nice. seeing myself go up, yeah. Other than that, any other anybody got any complaints, any concerns? <laughs> Final closing statements on Wayne Gretzky's it, 3D hockey. It feels uh, not fair to complain about this, but I I will say that the uh, announcing or play by play. Pretty, uh, pretty, pretty lacking. Pretty, it's pretty sure. rough. But I, you know, this is 1996. I mean, it, 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 well, they could have had, they could have thrown in a boom shakalaka or two, you know, or like a, they're throwing bombs or something, like some, yeah. some excitement. <laughs> All of them. He does. It's very like it's like the level below. He says like boom and the nets on fire, but he never goes to the heights. That's that's mm-hmm. yeah. That is actually I think kind of goes along with what I was saying about it compared to blitz and and stuff is like the it, I think it could increase the uh intensity level just yeah. one notch. Yeah, Seems yes. I think a lot of the game is like that. Like the like the music is all serviceable and fun, but it's all serviceable. Um but it yeah, it's just as a presentation it lacks a little bit. But as just a game, I think it's really mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I I'm really into it. <laughs> so, let's move on to McKenna, tell us about Killer Instinct Gold. Killer Instinct Gold is a home console port of arcade fighting game Killer Instinct 2. It is the first Nintendo 64 title developed by big second party developer Rare. The game features 2D characters who who fight in 3D arenas with the camera rotating as the fighters move throughout the scene. You can perform thousands of combos, but you'll also be able to use combo breakers, allowing for more strategic fights. There's also a rock-paper-scissors element to the combo breakers. Unlike other fighting games where you have to defeat your opponent in two rounds, 
With health being reset after each, in Killer Instinct, you'll have to be the first to knock out two bars of health. So Connor, you're back once again, our, our fighting game aficionado. You're also a bit of a, a bit of a rare head too, we could That's say. That's right, it's a combination of two of my favorite things with fighting games and rareware. Mm. Absolutely. Um, Andy, did you get a chance to, to check this out at all? I I did not find the means to play it. Sure, I, sure. I uh, watched uh, I watched some videos. Uh, I I was like kind of familiar, but not mm. not overly with it. Um, you know, I I would actually say like I'm a I'm a big rare guy as well. Like I I think almost almost everything they made from like ninety two to two thousand two was like amazing. Um, so I don't know why I never really checked out Killer Instinct, but but I have to admit I didn't I didn't as a kid, and I think that's because I was still kind of like oh, okay, Street Fighter is my game, but maybe I'll mm-hmm. rent Mortal Kombat, and and this kind of looked like it, it kind of looked a little bit too much like Mortal Kombat for me as a kid, and I never really went back to it after for I I don't know why, but uh, this is the one this is one of the few rare titles that to me was just kind mm-hmm. of a uh, I don't know. Slip by me. Yeah, I didn't know if you were even big into fighting games. I guess so. Yeah, yeah I guess yeah. that's the other thing is like not not overly. I I would say this at I think around this time actually as well. My my brother got a Sega Saturn, and uh, mm. I don't know why we got that, but like we got Virtua Fighter, and I thought that that game was like pretty cool. So I it's not like I didn't like fighting games. I don't I don't know. There was something like that just seemed a little bit. Like Street Fighter Two was cool because you have all the cool characters. Virtual Fighter was cool because it was in three D, and this one was just kind of like uh, I think I think to me it just it looked a little bit too much like Mortal Kombat, and I I never got a chance to to go back. Although on your recommendation, I did check out some of the music, and it is pretty the rare. Just doesn't miss. So sick, yeah. They don't miss, yeah. Yeah, I was saying the music in this one was Robert Beanland, who worked on some of the music for Donkey Kong Country as well as Goldeneye. But I think he's really best known. He was a writer for Rare. He wrote all of Conker's Bad Fur Day and voiced the title character. Wow. Um, I think that, yeah, the, the, the connection with this in Mortal Kombat, it's pretty clear that's what they're trying to evoke. Yes. Um, but, you know, what really makes this game unique is the big combos, the big ultra combos and the breakers and whatnot. Um, but I think this game actually had a really cool, as much as it was trying to evoke Mortal Kombat, I think it had a really interesting visual design, specifically Killer Instinct Gold, the, um, and or Killer Instinct 2, with the combination of the, um, you know, sprite, the 3D uh, models turned into sprites, and then, th- but imposed on 3D backgrounds. It has this kind of neat diorama look. And I love it. Like I love vi- it. Yeah. A lot of the visuals have aged actually really well for the Nintendo 64 game. Yeah, I, I kind of, I pretty much what both of you were just saying is sort of how I feel, how I felt about it, where like, I think when I first saw it, I thought, yeah, it's it's clearly like kind of aping a bit from Mortal Kombat. They, they don't have fatalities, but they have. They essentially have fatalities and stuff like that. And I sort of got the vibe. But then, yeah, as we started actually playing it, I was like, like, you know, Mortal Kombat has a very unique, distinct visual style. But playing this, it does as well with what you're saying, kind of those mix of um, 
2D and 3D, which I think there are some pretty awesome games from this time period that, you know, haven't like that vibe almost can't be replicated or, or it's, you know, some people are starting to, but this one's got like a lot a, of ninjas too, like Mortal mm, Kombat. Yes. Ninjas for sure. I mean, if they, if they kept going on, they probably would have made some more, uh, Jago clones or whatever. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, there was something about this one, uh, similarly where like, well, you you mentioned like all the the combos and the breakers and stuff like that. Like we were reading about that, and it's similar to me with other fighting games where, like, I just can't wrap my head around that stuff totally. Like, I, but I felt like from just like playing this game a little bit, I was like starting to comprehend some of it. But like, you know, the beyond like just like the basic thing, like I still can't sort of wrap my head around it. But it was enough to get in there and like we beat it on hard mode so like i found this game is actually really accessible for a fighting game like it has a lot of like the the training modes and the practice features were really good for the time like that's mm-hmm. stuff that they didn't get in fighting games until recently a lot of these combo tutorials and like the ways that they explain the mechanics and you know there's some other there are like other modes too in this game where you can like knock people off and stuff. I think that this game specifically actually is a really good fighting game to get get a newcomer in, interested in. Yeah, McKenna, what did what did you think about it? Like <laughs> we we beat it because we started from very easy, then we played easy, and then we beat we beat it together on normal. And I feel like you know we both we both actually I think. And we we went to the to the arcade even and played it against each other and, and you were you were beating me like just as much like I feel like we were both pretty even on that. Do you feel like you got the hang of this game sort of? Uh, not really. Okay. <laughs> you kept saying that you thought I was getting better, but I was like, I'm just smashing <laughs> the buttons. I think I'm just smashing the buttons faster. Connor and, like, Connor has said though, there's a value in that. Randomly, yeah, like, that's it, not all totally discounted, man. <laughs> I was like, this is how I used to play Smash. <laughs> okay. And um, I'm not a big fighting games fan, uh, or really just like combat in general. Like that's mm. that's not really the thing I play video games for. Um, but I I got a little frustrated at times with this as we were going up in difficulty and uh. You know, we got to the final boss and he started regaining his health. And I was like, yeah, how am I supposed to do this? <laughs> you guys we, did really like... well, all things considered. How <laughs> you guys got to hard? You beat hard mode? No, I we did normal. I realized, yeah, me and McKenna beat it on normal. You and I beat it on hard, though. And I feel like I feel like I did OK when we were because we that's, were... Not too, that's that's not too shabby. Even normal, I think a lot it gives a lot of people Dude, a challenge. There were some of those fights that were really there. That guy Glacius. Yes, the guy he's he sucks. Jago's tough. The boss regaining his health is definitely tough. But I actually really liked how they um, doled out the arcade endings like piecemeal. When we first beat it, and it's like there was like no ending, and it's like beat it on a higher difficulty to see more. Well, but each <laughs> difficulty they give you a little more of the ending. I was really pissed at first about that, but ultimately, <laughs> I think it was a really good motivator. It, it got us. It's a smart play, yeah. No, so here's how it goes: you beat it on very easy, and they're like, 
they give you nothing for that one. They say, you're progressing. Try beating it on easy. They're like, okay. So then we beat it on easy, and they're like, you're getting better. Beat it on normal to get an ending. And it's like, what? <laughs> and then, then we you got get the one, ending. There's one, you get one scene in normal, and then we did hard. You get a little, another extra little oh, scene. Yes. And I we think they dole out more, but I don't think we were able to get very hard. There's very hard and then like master or something, which uh, I'm oh, pretty satisfied. No. But th- I, this is this is not a game that I will probably go back to and be like, I want to beat the harder mode. But this was one like when we went to the arcade, I was like, well, we definitely got to play some of this. And I th- I thought it was awesome. Like, so this will be one that I would I will like game that I will totally go back to just for some multiplayer, you know? I, I, would, I would tend to agree with you, McKenna, where, like, the, the <laughs> combat games, like, specifically this, aren't necessarily my... Let me rephrase that. I think, like, on on the surface, and, like, I, Connor, I know you're saying, like, this is a very accessible game, but just, like, on, on the surface, when, when I'm kind of reading about, like, all the different combos and stuff you can do, that, like, scares me. Because, like, you know, we were talking about, like, with the with the hockey game, it's, like, it's simple, and it's great. And and that, mm-hmm. when, I, when I'm just like, oh, my God, there's how many combos? I, uh, I don't know. So I should that, say to be more specific, this is a relatively uh, accessible entry in a unaccessible genre. Yeah, game. yeah. So to I, give it I some agree. credit, I never, I never was like much good. Even at Street Fighter Two, I was like you. I was mashing buttons, which seemed to it always seemed to work, and it always is rewarding when you can beat someone that actually knows what they're doing by just mashing buttons. That's a good <laughs> feeling. This was actually the end of fighting games like dominance as like the big video game genre and uh, to which they have never reached that point again but like you know of course like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter were huge originally but this is kind of when they're on the and it coincided with the death of arcades and everything Mm -hmm. and this is well this is also the last killer instinct game for that's right it it killed the franchise for uh years uh, until i think 2013 but um you know but there were also problems with this home release the frame like it it got reviewed really poorly at the time it had bad frame rate issues which you really don't want in a fighting game Mm -hmm. particularly so it, it it was it was flawed certainly yeah it was not it was not enough to deter me when i was like reading so some of the history is actually i think the first killer instinct they were they said they were going to announce they were going to develop a home port of it for it was like the what was it the 64 the ultra ultra 64, ultra 64 that they were developing that and then that didn't pan out so then they had to port it back to SNES but it was well very well received which i i always thought that seems like a bigger leap back but then mm. apparently this one, the transfer from arcade to home was not as good, but and I definitely noticed like when we were playing at the arcade, it looked much nicer. The music sounded so much better, but it's it's similar to me with like like Mortal Kombat where Mortal Kombat trilogy when we were playing at home where I like once I was actually playing, I didn't really notice the difference and all the like technical things like I didn't notice like frame rate troubles or things like that maybe that's just me but it, i was kind of surprised when i read the reviews that it was actually not as well received because i was kind of getting into it when we were playing it together mm. there's one key difference why which is that it has unlimited continues 
which in the Mortal Kombat you had credits, and then if you game over, you got to go back to the start. And I liked in this that um, even when we were fighting a an opponent that was giving us trouble, we could kind of pass it back. We were passing it back and forth, you know, trying it with our own characters, and it was kind of nice because you could kind of like you could kind of take a break. You weren't like you know hitting your head against the wall necessarily because you and you were kind of we were encouraging each other, you know. So I found it even though it almost it was almost like a co-op experience, but uh, I, I, I was definitely into that a little bit more than McKenna. I think you were yeah. you were feeling like you were banging <laughs> your head against the wall. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, oh, we can do it, we can do it. <laughs> and we did it, so. I kept nice. going. I I don't think if, uh, if I was playing it on my own, I would not have kept going. For sure. <laughs> and yeah, I like we... Fighting game fatigue contributed to some of those poor reviews, though, like this game was like a sequel to a game people had seen. And I feel like there wasn't enough changes. Some people felt and things like that, you know, for sure. Yeah. 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 I will say the the only thing I know about this game is that one of the characters, I remember uh, seeing that there's a a character called Saber Wolf. And I was like, that sounds familiar. Saber Wolf. And he's, he's like an old rare character. And I always thought that was really cool to see him like, reimagined or whatever so that's my mm-hmm. but i i think like the other thing like that with the fatigue is like i, I think like uh and i'm no fighting game expert but like the, i feel like the, the, the characters are so strong in like street fighter and mortal Kombat, and it's tough to build up like like not one but like an entire roster of new characters that really kind of make people like really care about them because i i think like to a to a casual fan like me like i don't like fighting games but i like ryu and i like Blanca and I like Chung Lee and, and like those kind of guys, right? Or like even uh we're talking about um uh who does who does Robin play in Mortal Kombat? I can't remember his name. Oh um, uh Liu Kang. Liu Kang, thank you. Like yeah. th- those guys, like like I I think that they're sure. they make me want to play a game that I might not otherwise play because I think the characters are cool. And I think like for me, like beyond Saberwolf here, it was just like ah, like these guys are whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, the previous entry had a raptor as a playable character, and this one got rid of him. So I think that accounts for some of the poor reviews as well. But uh, <laughs> Saber Wolf, I know, uh, was one of Gooey's early mains, right? Yes, I forgot to mention that when we we're talking about our histories. But I actually had the, I I don't know how I came about this, like it, but one of the first games I ever had was uh, Game Boy uh, Killer Instinct. And uh, we we were watching some footage of it. It looks really crappy, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know it's impressive at the same time. I think yeah, what they sure. what they got of it, like it's like if you ever played Donkey Kong Land, where yeah, it's like, yeah. damn, it's crazy they're able to do this, but it's not legible and like or like good to play. Mm-hmm. So I have a very vivid memory of actually being on a camping trip. Um, so my my dad used to, well. He had he still does this. He has family down in Oklahoma and he would go down there usually around in the fall and he would usually go hunting with some of his family members. And one time he brought me and I don't know why, because I was not, I think he never brought me again because I'm not I'm not the hunting type. Even when, when I was little, mm-hmm. I was like, I want to play video games, you know, but I have a very yeah. vivid memory of of sitting around the fire and I got my Game Boy and I got a little light and I and I vividly remember uh saber wolf playing as and spinal who were me and mckenna's main this time around 
And uh, I, I remembered that stage and the music with uh, Saberwolf stage with the little fireplace in the back, kind of the gothic castle situation. Um, and it's so, in yeah. this game. Yes, I was. And I, I was, I don't know, it kind of, it was weirdly both nostalgic, but like, I was nostalgic for a very specific presentation of this, so... Talk about a flashback 64. Yeah, hey. <laughs> um, So yeah, it was it was kind of a, a weird experience, but Andy, you were talking about the, like, the characters and, and stuff like that and building up some of these in your fighting game roster, and I think mm. I made the comment, I made the comment to Connor or something that I was like, it feels like, you know, the lore in this, or like the characters, It's there's not much to it, and you kind of made the point like like at the time for the other games like the other big fighting games that's also kind of true i feel like there's not really a lot to it it just kind of facilitates the game but i guess what kind of then i realized what sort of separated it is that those other series have gone on to have movies and it didn't get a more film games. adaptation yeah. right and then the film adaptation of something like mortal kombat actually influenced the story of the game so it's almost yeah, like yeah. They were able to flesh it out more, and we know it better in pop culture and stuff because of that. I, I will, I will say this. This other one thing too is like, I think if you're if you're gonna introduce like a whole new roster of of characters, um, you I, in hindsight, what maybe they could have done is like focus on like the, the dudes like the Raptor or Saberwolf, like those really unique characters. Because there's a game that I, that I think of, which is uh, Clay Fighter. And like that, that's that came out, up. which is what I was going to say is probably coming <laughs> up pretty quick. But like that game, like it, it came, but like it, it, everybody was so distinct and like everybody remembers Mr. Frosty and like, like the, those mm-hmm. characters just had a very unique quality about them. And I think that what maybe hurts and again, I don't want to I don't want to say I'm any expert on this game. I'm not. But just like looking looking at it from a perspective of someone that maybe passed on it was like. These characters, like they really, really look like Mortal Kombat characters to the point where it's like, well, I might as well just play Mortal Kombat. Mm. They did have so fun stuff two like cents. werewolves and skeletons. In yeah, fact, yeah. finals on the cover of the soundtrack, Killer Cuts. He's got one of the best songs. That's true. One of the best yeah. stages. I like actually. the Glacius song a lot. Uh, was another one I was really into. I did oh, yeah, listen yeah. to Orchid. That was pretty unbelievable. The Orchid, oh. yeah, they had the like total oh. dance mix. McKenna, did you have a favorite song? Uh, probably the spinal one. Just got the the bone xylophone. That that's always a, a good sound. The, yeah, the Grant and Kirk he's Kirk. on the yeah he's on the ship. Uh, <laughs> his stage where you got all the skeletons in the background just running. Yes. That stage is awesome. <laughs> the best the stage too. Throwing the boat. <laughs> and when yeah. you win, when you win, you know he turns. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty sweet. Mr. Bones. <laughs> Mr. It really Bones, wouldn't, yeah. It really wouldn't be a rareware game though without some uh xylophone. Crazy xylophone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well speak so speaking of rare too, we mentioned this came out like oh around I think the same week as Donkey Kong Country 3. So like they were mm. they were hot at this They're point, hot. you know. Yeah. They were I getting was ready a for... lot of Donkey Kong Country 3 at this point. I, I still have my cartridge over behind me. McKenna and I, I mean, even actually played a couple levels of we played two levels of that, but we you know we don't have time to play the whole game. But yeah, fun. Those game. two games weren't exactly hits, so they weren't that hot at that moment. But true, actually, it's well, true, which is too bad because I think 
Well, I, I was about to say that they got progressively better. I don't think I can say three is better than two, but like they, they're almost as good as each other. I, I, think, I, think, I think the first one's the best. But... <laughs> I, li- I like, I like wow. my Diddy. I like my Dixie. That's a good combo. <laughs> hmm. Well, yeah. Okay. It's it's maybe they weren't hot, but they were they were definitely um they were they were getting fired up because we'll be uh, don't want to jump ahead, but next year we have some. You know, I mean, some of the great, some of the goaties. Yeah, they're about there, to really so. hit their stride for yes. sure. I, I can't think of a of a publisher or a, a developer rather that had as many hits in such a short amount of time as Rare. I, I, I yeah, I'm struggling to think of like and like everything they did, even like the games that weren't necessarily like box office, like amazingly critically reviewed i mean like this game or and i think uh, this game is a good example this game's yeah. awesome actually yeah, yeah like, like, <laughs> even, even this game it's just like this is still like pretty sweet you know there's a lot of like really cool redeeming qualities and like man they just go to another level it's it's unbelievable i like when you look back you're like how did they how did they make like banger after banger after banger after banger so yeah incredible run we're about to uh, embark on does anyone have any any final words they want to say on Killer Instinct Gold? Anything else they want to Maybe get in? Just okay. that uh, there's there's a whole lot of like the game itself has like all the tutorial stuff, but we were looking at the Nintendo Power and it kind of details out all, mm. a lot of the the strategies. It just reminds me of like gaming back in the day where you'd have a manual and you'd you'd read through it to get all the good info. It's been it's, necessary it's for pretty much every game one we've talked where about. There's just like a huge spread of, you know, how sh- how can you play as the character? What she what should you do when you're playing against the character? And like I mentioned, wow. the rock the rock paper scissors aspect of it. There's just this little chart that has oh, like that the rock paper so scissors. Confused. You know, it's like set, this move cancels like, out this move or whatever, and it's like, it's oh like, my god, god I, don't I, know I will how to never do remember this while I'm playing, <laughs> but this is cool to read. <laughs> yeah that it the even the um, the box or the um the game manual like had a whole like paragraph discussing like the psychology of fighting games which i thought was crazy <laughs> like they oh, really cool. yeah they really wanted Mind people games. to like understand like i kind of appreciate it like like they're trying to reveal to me like what makes the game so compelling for like fighting you know fighting game fans and i really appreciated that even though like it's like I still can't fully get it, but maybe one day I'll get there. I, I I've love honestly, that. I've had such a breakthrough, actually. Even I mentioned with Mortal Kombat playing with you, Connor, and you giving some tips and then playing this and reading about it and just kind of, you know, starting from easy and going up where I'm like sort of gaining. I've already I've already had like an appreciation for fighting games, but sort of a little bit better. I've become a little bit more of a fan. You know what I mean? I don't think the N64 is going to be the console that will get me there. But say, maybe, maybe Clay Fighter will be what really pushes you over. <laughs> yeah. to, to so there's fandom. I, I also I don't want to spoil too much, but there are we also played some upcoming fighting games for N64 that have arcade versions that are lesser known. And so I'm not we'll see how it pans out, but there's going to be a weird like early on in N64. There are a handful of fighting games I had never heard of. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. We'll see how it pans out. <laughs> I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that. You're going to learn mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Yeah. 
there's a bunch of weird fighting games I remember, like like Mortal Kombat Sub Zero. That was a weird one, and that was probably a popular one. Yeah, the like mythologies or that's coming yeah. up too. So yeah. Before we close it all up, we should say our next games we're going to be talking about. We got another two for coming up. Our next episode is going to cover Cruisin' USA and Star Wars Shadow of Shadows of the Empire. So we've got <laughs> we've got such, that's such a sick combo. I feel like uh, pretty excited to talk about that. Andy, what would you like? Would you like to? plug what would you like to promote you've got a lot of things um yeah uh you know what just just follow me on twitter i'm at spateri316 <laughs> okay you will come across all my other stuff there you'll figure it out yeah you'll get uh, there connor how about you i'm also on twitter as well as twitch at connor tonight mckenna i'm on twitter at mckenna games and youtube at harvest gamer mcliz uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Gooey Fame. Similar to Andy, you'll you'll figure it out. You'll see the other things. <laughs> uh, our artwork for the show is done by Corey Richmond, who also wrote that lovely review. Uh, let's get some non-friend reviews going. <laughs> um, <laughs> we we actually have some, but please please keep those coming in. Uh, we'll share more of those on the show. Uh, the music was done by Nico Sylvian. Just a rockin' theme. Um, if you're listening to this on YouTube, you should like it, subscribe, leave a comment. We might read that on the show. You can follow us on Twitter at flashback64pod. And if if you want to email us, you could do that too. We're not, we're not opposed to email. We're uh, flashback64pod at gmail.com. And we also have a Discord, which has been pretty cool. We've got, we've got some people... Oh, we had some great. It's been good seeing some of the uh, the magazine posts with the reviews for mm-hmm. some some. I think it was was it an Australian magazine. We've got, I believe it's Kai who's in our Discord sharing that stuff. So a lot mm-hmm. of good N sixty four talk going on in the Discord. Uh, but that's going to be in the link in the description. Um, otherwise, back? no, I I you know what? Maybe I'll do that if someone actually. If someone comments and expresses interest, because I we found this out with actually the Zelda, Zelda dungeon we opened a PO box, which ten years ago got a lot, but nowadays people aren't sending stuff in the mail as much anymore, so we didn't get as much, and so there's got to be the interest. But if someone has interested enough to go and leave a comment or send us an email, that they would send us something in a PO box. I might one day consider opening a P.O. box. I do All right, make your voices heard. <laughs> <laughs> At least email us. I think email is the <laughs> is the step you got to take. When did email really like really take off? I know it was like made back in I think the seventies or something. When was that like the you know the thing? Uh, you know when did you've got mail? Nineteen ninety eight. You've got okay. mail. Came yeah. <laughs> that was just when email was probably enough of a cultural thing that i always feel like the email and the macarena to me go hand in hand same kind of time frame same kind of vibe oh people were certainly emailing in 1996 but anyway uh connor andy thanks for thanks for joining us it was great to have both of your respective expertise thanks for allowing me yeah thanks (laughs) you're allowed back anytime
Ultra Combo! Oh, nice. Wow. <laughs> a little post-production uh, on that. 